from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Canes lost last night 4-3, which is not awesome. They're out of the playoffs. Their season's over. Not awesome at all. I was hoping they win. I look, I was as a fan, I was resigned to the fact that, okay, being down 3 nothing in the series, it's daunting task to come back from. I get that. 4-201 and 201 now. Yes, four, yes, they're the 1-201 and 201, uh, right now. But I at least wanted them to win one, so at least we could have one final game at PNC. Because, okay, if they lost that final game, their season was eliminated at PNC, at least like, as, me as a home crowd, a home audience, I could say bye. Like, show my thanks and appreciation to the season that they gave us. Because it was a great season. Let's let's well, not say that. I mean, it it was the, a great season. Added not only the second best record in the league, second the conference most, final. Second yeah. most points they've ever scored in a season as as far as like you know, in the standings. Yeah. Um the stadium series game. Yeah, the stadium series game was I mean, great. You start to stack all this together and it was a tremendous, tremendous success tremendously successful season for the hurricane. Twenty fifth anniversary year, all that kind of stuff. So yes, it was a great season. Did they fall short of the ultimate goal of the Stanley Cup? Yes, of they course. did. Uh, but that doesn't mean the season as a whole wasn't great. Um, just make the next move to get to the ultimate prize. Well, as we get into hit it and quit it, what, there is an NBA team that's doing exactly what you wanted. Well, yes, that they are. <laughs> we'll get into that here in just a minute. But we have our Canes Cup check-in. Listen every afternoon at 12.15 and 4.15 for our Cup check-in built by Ready Roofing. Adam Gold talks with Canes players, past and present, bringing you the latest insight and analysis as the Canes – we're in pursuit of Lord Stanley's Cup. It's the Cup check-in right here on 99.9 The Fan, built by Ready Roofing. We're ready, argue. Visit them today at readyroofing.com. Here's Adam Gold with former Carolina Hurricane Jeff O'Neill. Jeff O'Neill, part of that 2002 team. Uh, I appreciate your time, sir. What was the difference in this series, other than the fact that Sergei Bobrovsky was, of course, amazing? I just think the timely goal scoring, and if you look how clutch Matthew Kachuk was, and it's it's a do it do it or don't league, and and you look at, you know, you can't make excuses, but if you have Svechnikov and you have uh, Pacioretty in the lineup, those could have been difference makers and go to guys, especially Svechnikov. There's not really an answer to Matthew Kachuk right now, but if you look at a guy that's big and physical and mm-hmm. that's clutch and can score goals. He might have been a big-time difference, but you can never make excuses because the Colorado Avalanche, way back in the day, they won the Stanley Cup without Peter Forsberg. And other guys took on the you know, the added assignments and pressure, and they got it done. So it's it's never the way to look at it. But, man, you put Svetch in that lineup and Pacioretty, who I think in the past has never really been like a go-to playoff type guy. But those guys can score goals, and that's what it's all about. And with the combination of – you know, Kachuk and Bobrovsky and Barkov, and, and their guys just know when to chip in. They've got it going right now. They've got the mojo. And it was much like our team in 2002. We had a confidence and a belief that every night somebody else was going to pop up and do it. But it was the Reinhardts and Bennett's and, yeah. and Verhage's that they just, every night they're going to step up and do it. And they've got a perfect mix right now, and they've got all the momentum going for them in Carolina. Roddy mentioned it after the game. It could, it could have went either way, but they just had the positive mojo on their side. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess if you flip the coin, you could get heads four times in a row, and that's basically kind of what happened. Yeah. They were all coin flip games, 
But I would point out, in, in my opinion, there's a reason that they all went the way of Florida. And I'm not sure that, because in last night's game, to me, Sam Bennett was the key figure in the two biggest moments of the game. The Jacob, the hit on Jacob Slavin, uh, which was, as my initial reaction was, that's dirty because it's Sam Bennett. But in looking at it again, it looked like he the initial contact was through the chest, even though there was helmet-to-helmet contact, which I guess could have been called. And then just kind of getting in the way, bothering Freddie Anderson uh, in the goal mouth. He put his stick between his pads. I don't know that he interfered, but he was certainly interfering, if you will. Uh, and Sam Bennett, that mindset, I don't think Carolina has that. You know what? That's It's an excellent point. And I try to say that in this market a lot with players such as Nylander and Marner and Matthews. And if you want to take it to Carolina, maybe it's Ajo or Teravainen or Natchez, that it doesn't necessarily have to be a toe drag or a one-timer from the slot under the bar to make a contribution to the hockey game. And Sam Bennett, what you just mentioned is a classic example he took their best defenseman out of the game with an unbelievable body check. It's textbook for checking, and he just melted him behind the net. There was nothing illegal about that. Massive impact in the game. Mm-hmm. And then you look at him just causing problems in front of the net. That's another massive impact in the game. So for some of these skilled players that think it all has to be skill plays to have a contribution in a big hockey game, it's completely the wrong mentality. And it just goes back to a bigger picture. Do you want a guy like Natchez that can that can put up some points during the regular season and then maybe shy away from the physical stuff? I don't think he played great in the playoffs. <clears throat> maybe he was noticeable a bit in the first couple rounds, chipping in with some offense. But when things get tough, the Reinhardts, the Bennetts, the Kachucks, the Barkovs, they're right there. And they don't shy away and they don't disappear. And it's a major factor come playoff times. And it seems like teams are still insistent and hoping that these skill guys will get it and learn to play when it gets to that level. And it never seems to be the case. So I don't know. You got to find a balance. You got to have guys that can put up points and get you in the playoffs, but come playoff time, Adam, it's a completely different beast. There's so many different bright people that had different ways of thinking about it. And I was just talking to our head professional here at Weston golf club in Toronto, discussing this saying it's it's a lot about intangibles come playoff time. It's not about skill and, and, and fancy stuff with the puck. It's just not about that. Yeah, it, it 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 isn't. And like we go back to your team in 2002, there was a lot of grit on that team and a lot of willing to mix it up. It wasn't the biggest team in the world, but there was a lot of no, willing but to. If you look at the job that Eric Cole and Bates Battaglia yep. and Rod Brindamore, there was just, they would over, they would overtake teams in their offensive zone. And I think it was a little disappointing for that decor of, of the Canes too, watching them play in the regular season, they controlled and dictated play and they seemed to be out of sorts on some of the overtime losses and some of their defensive zone coverage. So that was probably disappointing for the Canes to watch. But um, I think you get a healthy lineup. You can, I mean, you can't blame Freddie Anderson for the no. way he played. He, he went in there and he did a pretty damn good job for a guy that's been a question mark in the past. So I think there's a lot of positives to build off of. They just, if maybe they can, you know, you, you, you get that healthy lineup and you get a little bit more kind of grizzle in there. I don't know who that would be or how they would do that, but I'm sure that's possibly something that they would be looking at. 
That is the Canes Cup check-in. That was Adam Gold with former Carolina Hurricane Jeff O'Neill. We'll have a cup check-in tomorrow again, 12-15 and 4-15, right here on 99.9 The Fan. Built by Ready Roofing. We're ready. Are you? Visit them today at readyroofing.com. That's Brian Murphy, Dennis Coxer with you. Grant Hill producing us this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. All right, Brian Murphy, as we get into hit it and quit it, let's hit this real fast. ACC baseball tournament is going on right now at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Game number two today, it's UNC versus Virginia. That game is on being played right now. UNC in the top of the fifth, top of the fifth at bat, two outs, but they leave Virginia 4-1. If UNC wins this game, they're in the semifinals on Saturday. Yeah, winner of this game advances to the semifinals. Uh, North Carolina in good shape, but their bullpen has been their problem all season long. So yeah. we'll see if they can keep Virginia in check over the last four innings here. Wake Forest, number one team in the nation, won earlier today. They're in the semifinals on Saturday. And NC State, you can listen to them right here on the fan tonight. Yeah. They will play Miami for a chance. Winner of that game gets into Saturday's semifinals. And I will make one other note about Saturday's semifinals. If they happen. If they, yeah, <laughs> if, if they happen with the rain that's uh, potentially coming through. It looks like it's coming through. But again, State, you can listen to State versus Miami right here on 99.9 The Fan. Tonight at 7 o'clock is the scheduled first pitch. That could all change depending on how long this game currently takes between Virginia and UNC. But top of the fifth right now, again, UNC leads Virginia 4 to one uh, against semifinals are on Saturday championship game Sunday. You can listen to those games here on the fan and, and big tournament for NC state. UNC most likely yeah. has already punched its ticket to the NCAA tournament. NC state who was famously or infamously left out of the tournament last year. They were the number 65 team literally first one left out. And this year they are again on the bubble. Yeah. Some thought that the, the win over Duke uh, the other day at the ACC championship not a tournament i'm sorry yes at the ac championships uh might have gotten them in but if you're nc state you certainly don't feel great you definitely want to beat miami win another game pad that resume just a little bit more and here's the thing though state baseball last year got to the acc championship game against north carolina they lost but a lot of people thought even then hey we're good like i said they were the number 65 out of 64. They've won four in a row. State's won four in a yeah. row. They're 35 and 18 overall, um, but but only 13 and 16 in ACC play. So th- they've got a bubble resume, and we'll see. Obviously, the tournament, the championship, sorry, pretty important for NC State. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. 
we might actually have a timeline now on the sports betting in the state of North Carolina. So, Brian Murphy, you're normally a sports investigative reporter for WRAL, and you've been covering the sports betting stuff extensively for the better part of the last year and a half. Actually, probably longer than that, actually. But nonetheless, you have been doing a fantastic job of covering this stuff. But you mentioned earlier today, we might actually have a timeline of when we actually will see a concrete vote on sports betting in the state of North Carolina. Yeah, the North Carolina Senate, which they had a committee vote yesterday yes. passing passing their version of the sports gambling bill out. Uh, two more committees on Tuesday, the Finance Committee and then the Rules Committee. And then Wednesday and Thursday, we will get votes in the North Carolina Senate on sports gambling. Uh, because the bill deals with revenue and taxes, they have to vote twice on two different days. So by the end of next week, by this time next week, we will have a vote most likely to approve sports gambling out of the Senate. Um, the House obviously has already approved a bill. The bills are different, and, and this is where you get into some civics lessons. So that means that it'll have to go back to the House, and they'll have to either agree to the changes that the Senate made or they'll have to come together and, and work on some compromise legislation. But uh, the bill is finally moving. We've talked okay. about it a lot. It's finally moving. So next question is this. Next week we have votes. At what is there a deadline when Governor Cooper actually has to sign this bill? There, there's no, they don't have a deadline to okay. to, to finish their session. Um, once it's passed, and and obviously if the Senate passes it, it would still have to work it out. Differences out house. with the House. Yeah. Once that happens, Governor Cooper has ten days to sign the bill into law, and he he's indicated that he is in favor of this. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, the Senate increased the tax rate. They did away with deductions for the operators on promos and credits, all the stuff that. They advertise to try to get you to sign up. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll no longer be able to write that off. So, so if anything, I think the bill has gotten uh, maybe more friendly to the state of North Carolina, sure. less friendly to operators. So I think Governor Cooper you know, has indicated he's willing to sign this bill. I don't think anything that's happened in the last couple of days has changed that. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Tell him to bring me my money. Yeah! Can Boston pull off first ever 3-0 comeback? In the NBA, so this and against against a South Florida team, go figure. Nonetheless, <laughs> right? This is what we were hoping for from the Hurricanes. Yes, we were. This is now three one. It was three zero. Now it's three one. And mm -hmm. I think I think the Celtics are maybe in the best position to ever do this. How so? Well, the Heat are an eight seed. Yeah, you know, barely got in the playoffs. Had to win win their way in in, in the play in tournament, and they are banged up. They are really hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. Gabe Vincent out tonight. Okay. Uh, Tyler Hero's out He's with a broken out. hand. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Love is banged up. So they're an eight seed that's already leaking a lot of oil. Um, the Celtics are a two seed. They had the best point differential in the regular season. Um, and it's gotten overlooked, but the Heat were hitting something like 50% of their three-point shots uh, in the playoffs up until the last game. And they were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league all mm -hmm. year. And so if you're Boston, I think you figure the longer we can hang around in this series, the more Miami shooting is going to regress back to what it was during the regular season. Fair point. They had a they shot 25% from three in, in game four. This game is back in Boston. If Boston can get a home win, you got to steal one more on the road and set up a pressure pack game seven back in Boston. I, I, don't, I don't think you like your chances if you're Boston, but I think – 
you figure you got at least got a puncher's chance of coming back. Yeah, being, being at home, I guess, helps. I'm not sure what the NBA records are home and away this postseason. I'm not entirely sure of that. Boston is 10-11 and 11 at home in the last two postseasons, so well, they've not go. been very good at okay, home. Okay, so maybe it's not an advantage. <laughs> it's a coin flip at this point. But nonetheless, is Jason Tatum, is Jason Tatum or are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which versions of them are showing up tonight? Yeah, I think that's – I mean, Tatum has carried them at times in these at playoffs. At times, yeah. Like that uh, game seven against the the, the 76ers. Right. And, and he's going to have to carry them to the finish line here. And certainly Miami has – you know, Miami has a much larger margin for error. If they could just have one game where Butler gets hot and they knock down some threes, they could finish this off. But I think if you're Boston, you don't – you never want to be down 3-1. Yeah. But I think you look at this and say, hey, we can do this. We, we can win three more games. We're the better team. We're healthier. We're starting to figure some things out. So I, th- I think Boston has a chance at this. Um, of course, you know, the Heat will probably win tonight by 20, and, and I'll be made a fool. That's fair. All <laughs> right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. He's a machine! The machine is Bryce Young. We know when we're first going to see him officially. It is August 12th. That's preseason game number one for the Carolina Panthers, baby. Let's go! Bryce Young versus Aaron Rodgers? Sure, we'll go with that. You yeah. think you think Aaron Rodgers is playing in the uh, in the first game, first preseason game on the road? Lord no. Uh, <laughs> the preseason dates we actually have them now for the Carolina Panthers. They announced them today. They are home against the Jets on August twelfth. That's a four o'clock game. Then they have a Friday night, August eighteenth, on the road at the New York Giants before being back home uh, on August twenty fifth against the Detroit Lions. Uh, so there are two home games during that stretch of, of three preseason games. So. Yeah, come, if, come see Bryce Young early because you know he's getting reps in these games. He's a rookie. He needs them. You know he's going to get a lot of reps in these games, you're, as he should. You're never sure who's going to play in these games because, you know, the NFL does funky stuff in the uh-huh. preseason. But I think Bryce, you know Bryce Young is going to play exactly. in all three games. That, yes, he's going to play some way, shape, or form, and I'm okay with that. And, again, if you want to see Bryce Young play, this is your chance. Go do it because I'm sure, I'm sure some prices for regular season games are going to go up a bit. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt because I think this team can be successful this upcoming season, and that just drives up ticket prices. It's not like last year where it was like, uh, we got Matt Rule led Panthers with uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. You know, at quarterback, depending on who was in that week or well, out I mean, that week. Everyone tried to talk themselves into Baker Mayfield being, being oh, ba- this is it. Baker's going to get it turned around. I mean, the NFL does crazy Not things to fans. It turns – it. I, I'm sure there are people out there, just play Andy Dalton. He'll throw for 3,000 yards. Well, I mean, Andy Dalton can throw for 3,000 <laughs> yards. That's not a problem. Is he going to – does Bryce Young start game one? Not of the preseason, of the regular season. I think no. Okay. But I think we'll see him by game five, starting by game five. I I think they're going to slowly work him in. Unless he just wows and – I said this earlier this week with Mark Bergen a couple days ago on Thursday. I said – because he talked about quarterback competition. I said there's no competition. I said this is not competition. This is development. As soon as Bryce Young is – they feel that he's ready to go, he's going in. Doesn't matter how good Andy Dalton's playing or not. Doesn't matter. This is 100% about what Bryce Young can do 
and when he is ready, he's going in. There's no competition. Right. I think that's 100% correct. Yeah, like there's zero competition. And, and they've built a coaching staff to basically get Bryce Young ready. When we that's- had Scott Fitterer on here a couple weeks ago, they said everything was built around having that rookie quarterback come in and be ready to go for them to be successful. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Uh, real quick, uh, Coca-Cola 600 this weekend, rain, rain, rain pending, uh, this one. But uh, but Jordan, Michael Jordan's team, got a couple cars in it. But he's kind of, we're, we're seeing Carolina Blue. We're seeing the Jumpman logo on Tyler Reddick's car. Yeah, Bubba, Tell Wall- me more about Bubba Wallace drives the number 23 for, yeah. for Jordan in his NASCAR series. But he's got a second car in the Coca-Cola 400. 600, uh, fi- 600 sorry. Which makes sense because it's in Charlotte. Yeah. Number 45. Makes sense. You know, Jordan wore 45 briefly in his NBA career. Uh, Tyler Reddick is going to have a Carolina blue paint scheme and the Jumpman logo all over it. Um, I saw a couple pictures of this online. You can check it out. Um, Looks pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it it looks pretty cool. I I don't know much about Tyler Reddick's chances to to win this race or to stay on the lead lap or any of that. But when you see that logo, you're going to think Carolina blue and Michael Jordan immediately. That is branding at its finest. (laughs) Branding at its finest. Well done. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. To God Almighty. ACC. You you covered the meetings last week when they were down in Amelia Island. And Unfortunately, it wasn't in Amelia. Well, you but yeah, you covered it. Never <laughs> said you actually were there, but you covered these meetings. There was a lot of discussion. You and I had these conversations last week about the success initiative. Basically, if your team has more postseason success, you would get a chunk, or more of a more of a split of the revenue. Uh, now, the TV money that the ACC schools get currently from media deals, evenly distributed. That's not being touched. But the money that the league gets from teams going to championships, for example, Miami going to the Final Four this past basketball season, the league gets more money because of that. Okay, well, Miami, having gone there, basically the ACC schools are on board with them getting a larger chunk because you're the team that advanced further. I'm okay with this. Yeah, this new success initiative was signed off by the presidents, who are, who are the guys who really make the decisions. Yes, it's the presidents that make these choices. Right, so the ADs kind of came up with this plan, pushed it up to the presidents. They've agreed to it. If you read the fine print, they've all, they, all they've agreed to is, yes, we endorse this concept of taking the money we make from the CFP and the NCAA tournament and dividing it differently. What does it look like, though? Uh, we don't know. Okay. Well, Percentages have not been determined. We do know it won't kick in until the new expanded college football kicks in in 24-25. Okay. Um, but percentages still to be worked out. So do they get 50%? Do they get 25%? Do they get 10%? All that's still to be worked out. But the, the takeaway, the big takeaway here is they have talked about this for, for over a year. Yeah. They've been talking about this and debating this for over a year, and then suddenly when talk of the Splinter Group came around and, and, and there were some contentious arguments happening in Amelia Island, they moved quickly. Yeah. They moved within weeks to get this passed. Imagine that. Bubba Cunningham told me last October they were meeting on this. And then all of a sudden, all you know, some loud noise out of Florida State, some loud noise out of Clemson, they get it done. So the ACC can move quickly when it needs to. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Game four last night stunk because the Carolina Hurricanes lost 4-3, and I'm in my feels about this. Uh, but one thing that actually stood out to me, and I'm just going to just mention this real quick, uh, former former NHL player, now analyst for ESPN, P.K. Subban. Uh, Sam Bennett, forward for the Florida Panthers, had a 
just an absolutely brutal hit on Jacob Slavin. Legal hit. I will say that. Legal hit. I know there's some head-to-head contact and stuff, but it was, a by definition, a legal hit. Not going to get into the specifics of that right now. But P.K. Subban, you suck because <laughs> you tweeted out that video and you had in there, oh, my God, Jacob Slavin, paraphrasing here, Jacob Slavin got hit into next week or got knocked into next week when Jacob Slavin was clearly showing signs of a head injury. It's like, I'm sorry, don't make fun of that. You know, if, if Jacob Slavin was all right and pops up, cool. But when someone clearly shows signs of a head injury and does not return, like Jacob Slavin legit stumbled getting up and fell back over and had to be helped off the ice. Don't make fun of that. So, P.K. Subban, you stink. Keep that kind of trash out of here. I, and honestly, props to the Carolina Hurricanes responding to that said, should have left this one of the drafts. Yeah, it's just, you know, you're a national commentator. Not the time, not the place, not, not the, the message. No. None of that. None of that. All right. That's hit it and quit it. We'll leave it at there right at the- Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Canes lose last night. 4-3. Get swept. Four games to none in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's very sad. I'm very disappointed. I'm disappointed in the sense, I'm not disappointed at the team. I'm disappointed in the sense that they legit had a shot this year at winning the cup. And they were so close in every single game, yet lost all four in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't want to say disappoint. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's I, frustrating. But also, if, with fandom comes frustration. Sure, but well, only one team gets to hoist that cup every. I year. know, but when it, but the chances, like the legit chances of actually winning a cup, are so razor thin. And when you had that moment this season, you're like, it's right there, right there. Yeah, fa- you know, Carolina. So I'm in my fields and I'm eating and drinking right now. <laughs> I don't think they were the favorites entering the playoffs because obviously Boston was there. But once Boston got eliminated, you know, you looked at all the the gambling sites and and the odds makers, and mm-hmm. Carolina was favored to win to win the Stanley Cup, and that doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't happen very often. But that's also the thing as well is that everything broke their way. Everything broke their way in the sense that okay, the 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 Rangers and Devils played each other. One of those teams was getting knocked out. They eliminated themselves. That's fine. Okay, but then Tampa loses in the first round. And Boston loses the first round. So you're like, well, those are two of the teams. And Toronto gets bounced. So, like, wait, the top three teams from the Atlantic Division are also all gone? And then you took care of business against the Devils the way you needed to? Or, like, wait, things are looking pretty perfect right now if you're Carolina. I think that actually adds even more to the frustration. Because, again, we have Walt Ruff in here. If you missed the conversation, waltruffhurricanes.com. Go check it out on the best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast. Is that... They weren't outclassed. It's not like 2019 when, you know what, that Bruins team was just better. And Carolina, to an extent, overachieved that year, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. That was just a a season where you're like, hey, we made the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. This is awesome, right? Oh, we beat the Caps in seven games? This is great. And then it's like everything was just gravy on top of that. 
Two two things that uh, did not break their way in this mm-hmm. series: Matthew Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky. Right. I mean, that was. A, I mean, you know, we we can distill it down to a lot of things, but basically, it was that. I'm glad you mentioned the Capitals. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time in D.C. before I moved back here to North Carolina, and they were a team that kept getting there, kept putting up impressive regular seasons, mm-hmm. kept kept getting knocked out in the playoffs, in the first round, kept often. disappointing their fans. Stuck with it. Stuck with that nucleus of Ovechkin and Backstrom and Kuznetsov and, and um, Tom Wilson. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the goalie's name. Braden Holpe. Um, and eventually broke through and yeah. eventually got that title and, and Ovechkin finally got his name on the cup. And so I wonder if there's some equivalency there between what, what they were able to do. Now Ovechkin is the star in, in a category that certainly, you know, the Hurricanes don't, I don't think they've ever had anyone in that category. Um, no, not that level. You know, but they kept that nucleus together and kept tinkering and tinkering and tinkering and finally got the year where it all broke their way. I think they beat the, the Golden Knights, the expansion Golden Knights yeah. in the Stanley Cup and, and they got their parade. And so, you know, as we talk about, you know, who the Canes should bring back and who they should let go, I wonder if you look to a team like the Capitals that had all that regular season success, had all those playoff disappointments, but kept going for it, kept kept that nucleus together, kept fighting for it, and eventually got it done. Well, something that they did the, they did go do, but granted, they had that top-end level player of Alex Ovechkin, which makes things somewhat easier, you right. could say. But they also went and got a guy like TJ Oshie during that time period. Now, those also during a stretch where they, they could not figure things out goaltending for them for a long time until they got Braden Holtby, but they were willing to go make that move to go get TJ Oshie in that season. So... They also brought in guys like Nick Dowd. They also brought in guys like Lars Eller. So they did make some other moves, but doesn't hurt when you have that high, that right, high right. level. There was talk, hey, play. Backstrom, we can't, you know, we can't get there with this group. We can't get there with this yeah. group. And they got there, and they got there. But is Pacioretty, you know, if if Pacioretty's healthy, is yeah. he? If Pacioretty's healthy, is he the guy? Does he? The, is he their TJ Olshey? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think. They had some opportunities there, this Hurricanes team, that, you know, whether injuries, I mean, losing Jacob Slavin last night, obviously a huge, huge loss uh, in a game where you end up losing on the on on the penalty kill. You know, the other team gets a power play goal. Obviously, Jacob Slavin would have been on the ice for that play. Yeah. Are things different if he's not knocked out of the game in, in the first period? That's something we will never know. Right. I and mean, Stephen Nason as well. So, I mean, Carolina was playing a bit shorthanded of much of that game. So, we started – we. Tease this. We want to make sure we get to it. Carolina has nine players under contract, forward-wise, under contract for this upcoming season off their current roster. I'm not counting guys that were in Chicago. They have five defensemen. Five of their top five, six Five of their top six defensemen under contract. So, guys who are free agents. All right, let's go on the back end. Uh, Dylan Coughlin, Maxime Lajoie, who played pretty much all season down in, in Chicago. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, Shane Gostaspare. Uh DeHaan, Coughlin, fi- uh, you're going to find yourselves on other teams this upcoming season. You're going you're to find yourself on other teams. Maxine Lajoie is a restricted free agent. Again, played most of the season down in Chicago. A little bit older, age 25, but also was Jalen Chatfield when he got his full-time opportunity. was a little bit older in age. They actually like him. I think if they had the roster spot to have him up during the season – he probably would have been the seventh defenseman. So it wouldn't shock me if he's on this team as a seventh defenseman this upcoming year. But the big one on the back end is Goss Despair. 
He's age 30. Made $4.5 million was his, was his cap hit. Again, unrestricted free agent. Frank Saravelli of Daily Faceoff projects him to get a four-year contract at about $4.8 million. That's a lot of money for a third-pair defenseman. Let's That's say a the, big contract for a fourth. But here's the Canes thing. have about 24, as it stands out, have about $23, $24 million in cap space. That they do. Now, the question is, are well, do you sign him, but also you have a guy like Brady Shea who's on the last year of his contract. Do you potentially move him for a team that's looking to pick up like expiring deals because they can flip those players for future assets come trade deadline, basically like bad teams uh, that are willing to do those kinds of things? Do you flip him and, and have him be a top four defenseman, he being Shane Goss' bear? So there are a lot of questions regarding that. We talked to Walt Ruff. Again, the price has to be right because Jacob Slavin only has two years left on his contract. Brett Pesci, one year left on his contract. Brady Shea, one year left on his contract. So if you do want to extend those guys, can you pay a Shane Goss' player? Also, is he willing to play third pair of minutes? A guy who can command probably more money and play in a top four role. So that's on the back end. Also, Freddie Anderson, Auntie Ranta, free agents as well. That to me at- is, the big, is the big question. What what do you what do you do you try to bring one of those guys back? Do you turn it you can't turn it over to Kochetkov completely, can you? I don't think so, not yet. You have to pair him with somebody. Who's that gonna be? Do you bring in another veteran player? Uh do you bring in or you bring one of these guys back? Because the Freddie Anderson that we wanted to see in the playoffs, we got to see him and he played overall great in the playoffs that we got to see him. But with his injury history and his age now gonna be thirty four years old coming up here soon, thirty three going on thirty four. I don't know. It's a big-time question. We'll get into the forward group here a little bit later on, but the back end, like when we have Walt Ruffin here, says when you have five of your top six defensemen coming back, that helps a lot. It helps a ton. But, again, who's going to be a goalie along with Kochekov? They still got to find a couple pieces defensively. Maybe they already have it. I'm not entirely sure. That's Brian Murphy. Dennis Cox here with you. Graham Hill producing us this afternoon.